Uh, I hope you guys are doing super well. Decided to try something a little new with the mic this week. Uh, go more of a handheld vibe, you know. Uh, I've been told that the mic does cover half of my face, which I have noticed. So I decided, you know what, maybe try something a little new. Uh, I know the noise level maybe might be a little louder than usual, so I do apologize for that. But we always try different things here on the Essential Question Podcast. Feel free to let me know what you think in the comments down below. Right after you like and subscribe to this video. Like to like this video and subscribe to the youtube channel that would be much appreciated we love growing this community it's been growing like crazy the last month so let's continue the positive trajectory also sorry again about the wednesday release although if you guys do prefer me releasing episodes on wednesday let me know if this is something that works out for you all uh we would love to see that happen and uh we're all about change here on the essential question podcast so let me know uh on this episode of the podcast though The essential question is actually something I forgot to mention until about 30 minutes into the podcast, and that is, what is the role of political comedy in society? The guest I brought on to talk about this topic is actually someone who is very, very credible on this, as he has been on a pretty epic rise when it comes to his role in the space of political comedy, and that is TikTok's very own Karin Menon. Karin is a comic that is based, who is based in New Jersey and LA and started making skits during the summer of 2020 on TikTok to educate individuals on the issues going on within America in regards to systemic racism and police brutality. He also does other current events but tends to focus more on police issues as well as racism. Karin often takes these complicated and complex concepts that get thrown around in the media and breaks them down into short, easy, digestible skits that all sorts of younger and older individuals can understand. Karin has amassed a pretty crazy following in the last few months, and we talk about how he got his start within comedy, the research that goes into his skits, and the impact that his skits have had on the general population that has been watching him. We also talk about how humor can be used to educate others, and take the negative and polarizing issues of politics, and make them easy digestible issues to the outside viewer. Also, I have Karin's TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube linked down below in the description, so please feel free to go check him out. Go check out all his content. He's doing great stuff, and he continues to have great projects being released close to every week, so feel free to go check out his content. It's super good. Uh, And if you prefer to go look him up on the internet instead of clicking the link, go ahead and search up The Karin Menon, and you should also be able to find him on pretty much all platforms, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, etc. So go ahead and do that if you prefer. Uh, This conversation, again, was super fun, and uh, I've had a pleasure talking to him. So without further ado, here we are, episode 15 with the Brown Hussin Minaj. Cue it up. Coming to you live from my parents' house, we got episode 15 of the Essential Question Podcast, and today I am absolutely honored to have one of TikTok's brown kings himself, Karin Menon. What's going on, man? What's up? Thank you for having me. No problem, bro. You, I mean, the political stuff that you've been doing has obviously been great. Um, How's everything going? How's your uh, corona time doing? Corona time has been uh, pretty nice. I mean, uh, well, I mean, it's Corona, but uh, I mean, since Corona started, uh, things have been actually going pretty well in terms of like 
videos getting seen and stuff like i wouldn't be doing any of the stuff i'm doing now if it wasn't for corona mm-hmm. then i also like did get it earlier this year and that was not fun so okay we'll be sure to talk about that a little bit uh later on in the podcast uh but before we get started like give the people like kind of like a two-sentence summary about like who you are if they don't really know or not familiar with your stuff yeah yeah yeah. so um i mean the blurb that i usually give people is like uh i make comedy videos like sketches that break down social issues or political issues or news stories that you might be like wondering about and uh, explaining them in 60 seconds or less usually uh through comedy that's uh and uh, usually through tiktok which is yeah. where all the, the youths are right now so. <laughs> this is true uh it's very much for the youngins so you know yeah. the attention span of our generations has just slowly dwindled to the point where yeah, it's 60 yeah, yeah. Seconds and you know it's why why not embrace that you know, like I, I was making videos that were like four or five minutes long like they weren't even about like real world issues but back in the mm-hmm. day i was making these like sketches that were just like comedy no like commentary um and those were fun but uh if it's shorter if you can make it shorter you get the same point across then people just appreciate that so right yeah i mean i think that's there's something to that you know with just having like a minute long kind of content where you're able to just synthesize all the information that you need to know within a course of a minute and everyone just kind of gets it yeah yeah. yeah um but beyond the two sets of summary, I was going to do five really quick questions for you. Uh, I've been doing some research. I like doing my homework on all my guests. So uh, I know you're from Jersey. You're a Jersey kid. Um, right. Are you in L.A. right now or are you still in Jersey? I am, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I was in New Jersey for like most of last year because of quarantine, but I, yeah. I go to USC. So I'm right now at a dorm or okay. the off-campus housing. Yeah. Okay, for sure. Um, but this is the big question west coast okay. or east coast because i know you're an east coast kid but you go yeah. to school on the west coast huge huge question um I, well, we're still figuring it out but i mean new jersey is it's like i that's where i grew up i'm very used to the east coast and new york is still like the city for me but uh this is kind of the place to be for what i'm trying to do la so yeah i might end up you know being here in the future but sure. i would have to say you know east coast just because i got like allegiances you know <laughs> yeah i'm for sure did you grow up near edison because that's like the one city i know in new jersey that's like yeah, yeah, Indian. Yeah. yeah i grew up pretty close to edison but i mean i have cousins who live in edison i feel like every indian person has like at least one cousin <laughs> who lives in edison or you are the cousin who lives in edison right um, and uh for me i had cousins but yeah they're pretty close by um, okay for sure mecca of brown i mean it's it's very 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 interesting i like i know a bunch of people from there i've been there a bunch and like mm-hmm. it is more than 50 percent indian i think which is like you That's nowhere crazy. else in the country maybe not even in india do you see those levels <laughs> uh and yeah I, it's uh it's something to behold yeah for sure i mean I, I like i grew up in like probably like one of the like second i would say to probably edison you know because i grew up in cupertino which is like you cool. know, oh, yeah i've heard <laughs> that's up there uh yeah. it's like the west coast version of edison um yeah so... i heard fresno was or fremont so fremont, yes fremont. fremont is like 20 25 minutes from where i grew up and that is like okay. very very indian like kind of mm. edison type status as well yeah, yeah yeah it's good that i i didn't really think like back in the like day if you just grow up around it you're like oh this is just the norm right you don't realize like there's just these pockets around the country and then the other places it's like very rare to see that level of yeah of brown 
yeah. yeah, I was like, oh, so like, I guess like every metropolitan city has like sixty five percent like Patels in their high school. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> but you know, yeah. you step outside and you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, but my second quick question for you was, uh, I know you obviously are a comedian and you're trying to like break into that field. So like, who are your biggest inspirations within comedy right now? Yeah. Um, in terms of like stand-ups that I grew up watching, like Dave Chappelle, Bill Burr, like I feel like they're still considered like two of like the greatest people still doing comedy. Um, but I, I loved watching stand-up specials growing up, like anything that was on Netflix, I would watch. Uh, but in terms of what I'm actually, like, what I am doing, um, like the more like sketches, I think he and Peel were like some like the people I grew up watching from when I was like 11 to. I still watch them like every like pretty much every other day I'll watch a Key and Peele sketch like I like those are like the top of the top for me like, yeah. SNL is also up there but Key and Peele was like just legendary I think they made was like bad and there was also like a lot of like commentary in that as well mm-hmm. and then yeah all these talk- I mean John Stewart as well talk shows like that yeah and I guess uh I guess I'm obliged to say Hassan although I know yeah like, I figured I figured yeah, that was coming <laughs> yeah I don't I don't watch him as often as other like talk shows I guess um Right, but I mean, his it is like his show is like over at the moment, but um, it is good to have someone like him out there. That that was a very inspiring thing to for sure. Seeing, so. I mean, I feel like what you're doing and just the fact that you're brown, you I bet you get that comparison all the time, right? Oh like, yeah, it's yeah. like oh. Actually, my TikTok bio for a while was the brown hustle Minaj. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, yeah. I think like i again like when the indian farmers protests and stuff happened like i, I would t- tweet it i was like where's hassan at like we we yeah, need yeah, yeah. we need that but like i mean obviously you came out with your video we'll talk about that um yeah, yeah. which was super cool so like you know good stuff yeah. um the third one the third question i had uh this is kind of based on like you use fraternities a lot as like a metaphor in your videos yeah and so do you like are you and i know you're in college so i feel i figure that's probably like an easy method of communication to kids our age um right. so like frat like are you a big frat party guy or like are you more into the kickback vibe what's your what's your vibe i actually yeah i'm not in a frat <laughs> that's like really, i'm not in a frat i've been to maybe two frat parties in my life um <laughs> because you have to like pay 50 bucks if you're a guy or something like some extreme amount yeah um but I, it's just like even if you're not in a fight, like it's basically just like the culture of like people in college in general right now. It's just like the like if you're living with four other guys, as I have, I lived with like eight guys freshman year. Like you just pick up on all the lingo and everything. Like you hang out with people who are in frats, and you just know like just how people just like to bro down in college. And then you just take that vernacular and like that the way that people speak about stuff, and you just apply that to like a concept that is has nothing to do with frats, but it's the same kind of concept of like you can you can kind of apply a frat setting to like anything because it's like an right. organized group you can just you can compare a country to a frat you can compare like like a police department to a frat there's always just like people in you just need a, a setting where there are people yeah. and there's like a hierarchy and that, that's how it works so yeah no i think bro culture is just like a great like symbolism for like any sort of establishment right because like frats are like the biggest establishment that we know of yeah um, yeah exactly and if you're in high school like you're probably upset even if you don't you've never been in a frat because you're in high school you're still like obsessed with like yeah people who are in college and you want to be in college and you want to be in that culture so right it's just, like right appealing for sure um and then my my next question was going to be um i know you do you've done stand-up in the past obviously like pre-corona and all yeah, of that yeah. like and, and like performed in like open mics and whatnot but you've also like with corona like adapted to the whole tiktok skit format so like what are you a more of a stand-up guy or like you have you come to like really like the skits better like what's your 
Yeah, know. that's a good question. I was before this. I was even even before Corona. I was doing sketch comedy in um, uh, college, like live shows, and then obviously that stopped at the same time that uh, stand up stopped with the COVID. But at the moment, I would say, um, yeah, the sketches kind of take over. I've taken over like most of my life at this point. Like stand up, I go to open mics or some backyard shows. There's Zoom shows. I still do those just to like. I feel like stand up gives you one thing that like nothing else can give you which is like immediate feedback like if you make a video you can like make a draft show to someone make another draft show to someone but if you have a joke like you kind of just have to go out and perform it a bunch of times and you'll know if it's not funny because you won't get laughs or you'll know parts that aren't funny that you need to work on and that's like something you can apply to like anything else you do like just like honing like a sense of humor like stand-up is the best for that so i value both of them but at the moment it's all the videos really Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they both have their different like vibes to them because like when you prepare something like you can really refine it and perfect it like the way you want to and then like, you know, make it into the final product that you're proud of yeah, and then yeah. but like with stand up, I feel like it's so on the fly and it's like if people aren't laughing, you're like, oh crap, like what the fuck do I yeah, do? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> stand up, there's like way more of a process to getting to the right like you kind of have you have you in a way you have multiple shots because you i can just keep bombing at open mics and you would never know mm-hmm. like i'll keep bombing to like get the joke right and then you'll see the final product like uh whereas in this it's like you kind of get one shot with with a video like you gotta, you gotta make a really good product that's true so in that way you have to put a lot of thought into this one thing and yeah you get, like one shot for sure that's interesting um and then my i have two more but they're pretty quick uh so my second last one i know you did a whole i I watched your whole tiktok on like your the craziest mispronunciations of your name in middle school and stuff like that um so like what have been the funniest mispronunciations of karen that you've gotten oh yes um i literally got called corn uh (laughs) like a substitute like there was this one substitute who just had like a condition i guess where he would look at a name and he would look at the first letter and the last letter and he would just make up the middle part. Like, if it was a name he didn't recognize, like, I th- I'm pretty sure that's what he was like. He called him Corn. This guy, Kunal, he called him Kale. Uh, I think he was just, I think he was just more of a, he was just into food, maybe. But, yeah, maybe. Maybe yeah. he thought all Indian people were vegetables. So Maybe that's what he thinks, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that was probably one of the crazy. People called me, like, I don't know, crayon, you know. Karen is the most common Karen, yeah. um, because they think you know they'll look at it and think, oh that cannot be this person <laughs> must have misspelled their own name yeah um, and so that's what I get the most but uh, now Karen is a as we know it is a slur and for sure cannot say that so <laughs> this is true now this is true I guess people gotta watch it it's 2021 you know you gotta gotta yeah yeah, yeah gotta be politically correct um and then the last question that this is like based on like the uh the skit you did where it was like uh for the electoral college um and i was like thinking to myself i was like i wonder what karen actually likes so i was like white claw or milk karen you gotta answer that question right now this is a very yeah i you know i yeah um like i'll i I enjoy a, a claw like i'll take the occasional claw but like in terms of like you know what I'm having most often? It's milk. Like I like to say I'm a claw guy, but in just looking at the numbers, it's been milk. Like in from day one, yeah, it's milk, and it will continue to be milk. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's true, right? I mean, like you're you're you hang out with milk for like 20 years, and then like white claws just thrown into the mix all of a sudden. Yeah, you know, yeah. It takes, you it can takes try to time. mix them, and it just doesn't work out. Like it <laughs> you does tried not. mixing them. <laughs> I'm I won't disclose it, but. Uh, <laughs> 
you can try and it doesn't okay. work i'll tell you, but yeah, you can do not do not want to know that story it does not sound like it ended no. nicely um no it did not <laughs> uh but you said you actually you got corona earlier this year so you want to talk about that yes. a little bit what was the story yeah. what was it like it was kind of ridiculous like I, i've so like the precursor was like i had worked at my mom's like she's a doctor i worked at her office over mm -hmm. quarantine like testing people's temperatures and that like qualified me to be like a medical worker kind of to get the right. vaccine so in january i was gonna get the vaccine uh and then two days before i can get the vaccine i test positive like two days before my appointment i test positive for covid um yeah one of my brother's like friends came over and he hugged me when i opened the door and he like wasn't wearing a mask uh and then it turns out that like his mom was getting tested and was sick and he knew that but he didn't tell anybody and then she oh. tested positive so then we all started quarantining yeah. and then yeah i actually ended up in the hospital for a few days because i had some like chest pain but oh, wow. that ended up being okay but okay. it was just a bad experience i had a horrible fever and stuff so okay i know people young people are not supposed to like get symptoms but for some reason i just did not luck out and i had right. like a really bad fever so so was it like recommend. was it like a two-week thing or like was it kind of like a few days it was like oh yeah it was like f three to four days of like bad fever and then the okay. fever went away and i was like oh everything's cool and then the fever came back like on the fifth day uh so the whole thing took like probably like a week and a half to just get over yeah not fun do you kind of still feel long-term effects i'm just curious because like i've never actually talked to yeah before. not anymore there was one day like three weeks later i suddenly came, got sick again and someone was like oh yeah you just gotta like sometimes that happens you just gotta wait but you're That's... not like contagious when that happens Damn. but um yeah i don't you know maybe two out of ten i would say as far as uh, experiences yeah um but yeah well, that makes you what one of like two point five million people that got it. So there you yeah, go. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, yeah, solidarity. Yeah, Someone has to do it. <laughs> I mean, I guess did it give you any decent stand-up material? <laughs> it. I should try. Maybe we'll, we'll see. We'll yeah. see. Yeah, we'll see. Pre post Corona vaccinations, maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll yeah, see. Yeah. That. But so, like, when did you start kind of realizing that stand-up was a real thing, like that it was something you could really go out and do? Yeah, uh, I always thought about doing it like in high school, but I grew up like in mm -hmm. New Jersey. There was no comedy clubs where I was. Right. I could have taken maybe like trips to New York City and try that. But at the time, I was just focused on getting into college. And then once I got into college, after like I was funny in high school, like I would make jokes and all that. So I, I knew and I had like even written down stuff that I thought I could try some like, sometime in the future. But in college, you can kind of just start like immediately. Like there's open mics at college. There's open mics all over LA. There's like stand-up classes i took a stand-up class in freshman year and that's when i like found that i could actually do it wasn't like such a it seemed such an intimidating thing but it's really not like anybody can right. just talk at a mic and the worst that could happen is that nobody laughs and then you just go and work on it again um but yeah, i had like some early like some of the jokes i tried out initially did get some laughs so that was encouraging and then um by the end of like freshman year i had like done a show because of this class and it went very well and then i was interning that summer staying in LA and I just had all the time to like work on stuff at open mics and that's when I realized like I could actually continue doing this for and you don't have to like make it a you can't make it a profession like immediately right but, uh, you just have to make it part of what you do and um it really is just about putting in time that's also something I realized is like that people who become really big comics aren't even the funniest people necessarily like the most naturally funny people mm -hmm. like people who've like never put in time they're just really funny but um, but they're because they're so naturally funny, they might not even feel like they need to put in the time. Right. People who are like the underdogs, kind of like like I'm not the funniest, but I will like work on these jokes 
like obsessively until I find like there's like a science to making things funny. You literally just yeah. put in the time and it will become funnier. The people who are the funniest are the people who put in the most hours. Yeah, that appealed to me because I'm not always the funniest, but like I'm willing to put in like that amount of time. So. For sure. I mean, like I've noticed that with like other comics too. Is just like that have like I've seen interviews or other podcasts. They just like preach this whole idea of like it's just work ethic and workshopping different things and yeah, throwing shit at a wall and seeing what sticks. Yeah, it's exactly. Just, yeah. yeah, I mean. Like, who was, like, one of the first comedians that you, like, really saw and, like, you kind of, like, modeled, quote-unquote, modeled your style by, like, in some instance? Yeah, it's interesting because I tried modeling my style after a bunch of different comics, like, starting out. Like, I, I thought Bill Burr was so funny, so I was like, oh, I'm just going to rant because that's his whole thing. He just gets angry about stuff, and he's like... Yeah. But he's, like, from Boston. Like, he grew up with, like, I don't know, like, seven siblings or something. He just had, like, a different, like... Like, his whole lifestyle was just, like... He had, like, right. a dad who was, like, an alcoholic and, like, yelled at everybody. So he knew how to, like yell back and like just like roast people and that's like his whole thing but you yeah. can't really like copy people's styles just because you find it funny like it is funny but that's not how you were funny necessarily mm-hmm. so it took a while and i'm still probably still finding it but um dave Chappelle was also someone who i tried to model after like he has a lot of like thoughtfulness in his comedy but he's also just at a level where you you can try to imitate him but he's just at another level like um, yeah but yeah, I like the. I, I don't do. I don't do like long stories. I don't do like um, rants. But I do like the, like the observational stuff. So okay, so like you yeah. pick out people in the crowd and like really start to like. Oh well, that's something that's um, not observational about the crowd, but just observations about life, like uh, okay. different aspects of life. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Crowd work is something that again, like you have to get good at, or you can just be someone who's good at that. But yeah, I'm trying to incorporate that as well. Obviously, there's no crowds anymore, but right. Um, yeah, I think I think um, the style that I have now is kind of like, like more of a calm vibe. I used to go in there and just try to be so like energetic about it, and now I've kind of like toned it back a little bit, where I can just be more calm and like focus on the joke just being sound, and then like working on like aspects of like physicality and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. it's still like I'm, I'm trying to like find people who I can keep modeling stuff off of. There's like a comic named Sam Morill who is uh, very, very funny. And he's like one of those people where he just kind of like stands there and he'll just tell a joke. But the joke itself is so funny. It doesn't really matter. Like he doesn't have to do all like a lot to get the joke to work. That's like right. the kind of stuff I like to do. Okay, interesting. It's like he doesn't have to like overemphasize certain things or words or any of yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's interesting. Um, so like the first thing I saw when I was looking you up was I noticed that you have like this... Uh, this documentary, this is like our documentary, oh. right? I think you yeah, must have yeah, made yeah. it in like high school or something. Um, I made a freshman year of college, yeah. Okay, and so essentially what it's about, for those of you that don't know, is it's about like Karin Menon making fun of like the 10 trillion Karin Menons that are out in the world. And I think it's hilarious. <laughs> uh, so do you want to talk about that documentary a little bit? Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> yeah, this, I mean, this is like a, this was just a coincidence that just led to like so many more coincidences, but like, this guy, Karan Menon, um, in 2015, won the National Geography Bee, like not me, this other guy, mm-hmm. from Edison, actually, yeah. New Jersey, uh, which is very close to where I live. And so, like, my brother had been in, a, like, a summer camp with him. Like, he went to the same school as my, like, cousin at one point, I think. And, like, okay. he also, like, well, I have a friend at, like, where I live in New Jersey, Homedale, New Jersey, who moved from Edison and was neighbors with that card man and now he's friends with me another card man so i have like all these like ties to this guy yeah and obviously he, he was in the news when he won that thing and everybody would like like make jokes about it with like because he was like an eighth grade and i was in ninth grade when he right when he won that and so like for all of high school they'd be like oh you're the guy who won the geography be like kind of in a in like, yeah, a yeah, joking yeah. way 
Um, and then yeah, then at one point I was just like I like he he reached he saw some video I made and he like commented on it and I was like this is the opportunity of a lifetime arguably <laughs> like I'm going to meet this man and I'm going to make a documentary or like a mockumentary yeah. about like living in his shadow as like someone like I, someone who can't Google his own name without right. just seeing like two thousand results about this like eighth grade kid who won yeah geography uh, and so at this point I was like it was like the like winter break freshman year of college and I was in I was on vacation. And this guy reached out and I was like, would you like to meet? And he said, yes. And then I said, okay, like, I'm going to write like this like long ass script for yeah. a mockumentary where like for the first half, it's just me like giving interviews with my parents and they're all like, yeah. Like, right, right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the thing is, I also tried to do the jog for B when I was in like middle school. Like, okay. Like, I was like, I actually tried, like I won, I got like third place in my middle school. And then I like ended, I realized I wasn't like that, that good at it and I ended it. Yeah. But the fact that this guy, like the same name actually did this thing. It was just insane. So for the, the whole thing was just me like uh, playing this character of someone who's like super salty and then like yeah. kind of lead up to like meeting this guy who ends up just being super wholesome, like just a super friendly kid. Yeah, he seemed like a really nice kid. In the yeah, he actually, so it's like, it's like me like with all my rage, like yeah. he took my life and then like, like he like he knows my friends, you know, and then he's just like, oh yeah, I'm just trying to get into a good college. Like, you know? like, what? like yeah. what's going on? <laughs> Uh, and then like uh, yeah, it ends with like a final geography face off, like the the matchup that never never was. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, I won't give it away, but it, it came out just like way more wholesome than I could have expected. But I was I was pretty happy with it. Yeah, no, I think it came out good. I think like the fact that you like involved your family in it was like kind of cool. It gave it like that relatable element. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, They yeah. were like, oh, that Cartman is just better than this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I got them to say all these bad things about me <laughs> on camera. They were probably like, uh, what is this? <laughs> I know, but I mean, they just like they, they appreciate like they have good senses of humor too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I had to like kind of sell them on the vision. I was like, you just got to roast the hell out of me. Like, <laughs> I like my mom says like said everything with such a straight face. So I I just had to like, lean into that. Like I had to like detail just how bad I was with like the most like straight face. It was it was just really good the way they and like my dad is a very funny guy as well. Yeah. Um. So both of them just knew how to deliver, which was great. Like my whole family kind of like knew the vibe. For sure. It was nice yeah would you say you get your humor more from like your mom or your dad like or like which side of the family is like the funny one i think both sides of my family have like pretty good senses of humor like my dad actually did stand-up comedy when he was like, okay. in the 2000s he, and he was like a really like like funny guy in college and all like he, he just like and he is a very funny guy that like, he's all he cracks like most of the jokes in my family so i've gotten that kind of from him like that quick thinking but my mom also just comes from like a like a huge family of, like whenever we have the family gatherings it's just like people cracking jokes all the yeah. time so it's either like either side it's just like a part of uh it's just like a part of the family like For you just sure. gotta have a good sense of humor yeah i think with like indian parents and just indian families in general they just like they they see no lines when it comes to jokes and they're like not oh, yeah. afraid to just crack anything and so yeah i dude that's absolutely true like yeah i you know we graduated high school we went to someone's like it was like a dual graduation of my two friends kunal and arvind right we were just like best friends in high school mm -hmm. uh and they had and they had like speeches and they asked me and my friend to do like a roast of them Mm -hmm. at this graduation and so we just roasted the hell out of these two guys like in front of everybody for like 10 minutes I, it was it did really well but i was like damn like we we said some things about them and then like at the end of it the this guy's dad comes up to me and he's like i just want to say like that was so good like thank you so much <laughs> i was like, I, was like Dude, I call i said your like son has like the uh the height of a basketball player and the personality of a basketball and he was like he was like yo thank you like someone had to say it i was like oh my god <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, man. I mean, Indian people, like, when it comes to roasting, they know no bounds. So, yeah, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Um, so, like, in terms of, like, your politics, I, by the way, I forgot to mention the essential question of the episode. We're, like, oh, of course, 30 of minutes course. in. So, the essential yeah. question of the episode is basically, what is the role of political comedy in society? I think Karin can really help answer that. He's been doing mm-hmm. this stuff for a while. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, I'll mention it at the beginning, too, before this yeah, gets yeah. edited and stuff. So, um, But, like, when you were in, like, were you always, like, really interested in politics? Or was that something that kind of came in a little recently with the George Floyd stuff? Like, how yeah. did you kind of get the political side of this? It was kind of a result of everything that happened like last summer with George Floyd. Like, I always considered myself a kind of not like I like my family's like a democratic family kind of, mm-hmm. um, and we're like I followed politics, but I kind of like especially after twenty sixteen with all like the, just like all the all, everything that happened. Like it was just it was too much to like keep following right. every single piece of news. Oh, yeah, I'm someone with the loudest my motorcycles outside. <laughs> it's all good. It, it was just like I don't know, like especially with all these like like there was a lot of like the ratings soared for like all these like political talk shows like Daily Show, right. um, Trevor Noah, Stephen Colbert, like, and I would watch those, and that was like a way of getting news that wasn't just like depressing, mm-hmm. but also it was very clear like where they stood on the spec. Like, you're coming to an episode of Stephen Colbert, you know you're going to be getting like just this guy roasting like Trump basically yeah. for like 10 minutes and he's like okay I'm going to just reinforce my beliefs basically and it got like too much I was just like I, I didn't want to be a part of it so I just focused on comedy that was a comedy mm-hmm. I just wanted to be like make people laugh I don't want to bring politics into it and then 2020 obviously this happens and suddenly it's like you can't not be political like you have right. to talk about politics and um, in a way like that was kind of the only thing that could be talked about for a while like you could try to make a comedy skit like in like June, mid, like mid June, but it would just not. Nobody would be there for it. Like nobody was interested in watching like a random mass like sketch about like nothing. Like you, everybody was like using social media exactly for the purpose of education. Mm-hmm. You know, that was like what it was. Um, and so like it was kind of like if I wanted to keep making comedy, that I, either I had to wait or I could just go with what people were talking about and now and try to find like ridiculous things to talk about within there. Like there are real life ridiculous things to talk about. Yeah. actually way more than I thought there were but like you just look up like some of these laws that prevent police from being prosecuted and there's so much to learn and so much to explain to people that it's actually very easy to grasp you just have to like boil it down a little bit and that's what the qualified immunity video was right um, yeah and yeah and then for, and then honestly and then from there it became like a way better version of comedy it was like you make people laugh and they appreciate that you learn like they not that i'm like someone who teaches people but mm-hmm. like they appreciate that there's like some information in there too you're not just going there yeah. like like you could waste like five hours on like scrolling on instagram and i do that like constantly right and i feel like dead inside after that but if you, <laughs> yeah. if you get like a kernel of like information that gets like more connected to what's it's happening. all these like ca- like this is what i'm saying right it's like all these stupid canva threads where it's like resources to help you and then like oh yeah it's yeah. like this convoluted ass thread which makes zero sense and then you go through yeah. these through instagram and it's just like what is going on like i came with less like more questions than i started with so it's like yeah 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 it's good i mean it's good to learn about things but like yeah people are like just reposting the same like five infographics like right that, like that pyramid of like covert versus like you yeah. know over white supremacy everybody was reposting that like damn like First, I was like, maybe I should repost this, and I was like, well, why? Like, everybody is seeing this already. Like, so I don't know, and that doesn't help really. Like, you can donate to organizations, that helps, but like, 
you need there's actual things that can help like there are things that if more people know about them then more people will feel strong about them and then actual like laws will change because these people elect politicians. yeah i mean it's that whole idea of like performative activism right where it's like everybody yeah. wants to like be a part of it so we have to like do all of these things together and like yeah, you yeah. know just mass sends of information that really mean nothing in the long scheme of things so that's pretty yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I never wanted to be like the, like that. Like the performative thing is like the opposite of what I'm trying. Like I'm right. trying to actually, and I don't even know if it's being an activist what I'm doing, but I'm I'm doing something that's related to what's happening, mm -hmm. and I'm being an entertainer. I don't want to call myself like I always like John Stewart would always say like he's not a journalist. He's a comedian first. Sure. But that doesn't mean that he's not trying to do something with his comedy. So yeah. That's so exactly what I'm trying to do. you were talking, uh, you referenced the qualified immunity TikTok, and I think that was kind of one of your first TikToks to really go like crazy, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so like explain kind of the inspiration for that, like then kind of the process of like what went into making it. Yeah. So at that point, it was like, I think the video went out like June 8th and the George Floyd thing was, I think it, the killing happened like May 26th. Mm -hmm. So there was a period where like, it was like, okay, just stop doing comedy and just listen read like figure like learn about what's happening um and so i was learning i watched like hassan's thing on that he did like an episode on george Floyd and like um right the indian community and like just like solidarity between communities and stuff like that mm -hmm. and he was talking about like three tangible things that can be done like at the end of the episode he's like here are three things that can actually happen to like help us and one of them was like end qualified immunity and that was like a random ass thing he didn't even talk about it for like the in the episode but he was like end qualified immunity it's a horrible law that prevents accountability and it needs there's a bill in congress right now to get rid of it mm -hmm. and um we should all make sure that bill passes and then so i was sitting there like what what, what is it like what what actually is it and so I, like yeah i googled it like and someone was also telling me at the same time like i think it was the other karen menin of all people like who we are now <laughs> friends like we yeah. like he was like yo you should do some comedy stuff based on what's happening i was like at first i was like yeah but this is like heavy stuff and then i was like right. okay this is this is one thing so i read up on qualified immunity and the Top, the base, the concept, which is ridiculous, is basically that uh, you can't sue a cop for violating your rights if there was a previous case where the cop was brought to court for violating that same right and he wasn't prosecuted. Right. He or she wasn't prosecuted. So basically, it's like um, if I like there, there's been cases where like a cop like was aiming at someone's dog and he like missed and he accidentally hit the guy's kid, mm -hmm. and then the guy was like, "I'm gonna sue this cop for shooting my kid." Like yeah. the kid died. But then they he went to court and they're like, sorry, the judge was like, sorry, there's never been a case where a cop, uh, like a previous case where a cop missed a dog and hit a kid where right. the cop got prosecuted. So unfortunately, we can't prosecute him now. Like, because there needs to be a precedent. Like, why, that makes no sense. If someone does a bad thing, there doesn't really need to be a precedent for in this case. Like, there, there could be like so many specifics you could like focus on. So I took that and I just applied it to like a very basic situation, which was just like a classroom setting. Like one guy just slapped someone across the face, which was me slapping myself across the face. <laughs> Uh, because I play all the characters. So I literally yeah. slapped myself across the face probably like 25 times for this video, but only like three of them make it into the, but it was a lot of, the point is like my face was hurting uh, while I filmed from this, but uh, we're doing, we're like I, it's basically just like a slap and the guy's like, why did you do that? And he's like, oh, I thought you were going to slap me first. And then there's like, um, he's like, I think you should get in trouble. And then they talk to the teacher and the teacher's like, have you done this before? Like, have you, has he slapped you before? And he's like, oh no. Or he, sorry, he says yes. Uh, but he's like, but did, he get, did he get in trouble? then and then he says no he's like sorry he can't get in trouble now and so it's like that cash 22 we're like you can't get in trouble now if you didn't get in trouble in the past and right. so you will never get in trouble for doing the same thing over and over again and that like resonated i think it was a very simple way to talk about something yeah. that 
is like a little more complex than that but I mean, everybody mm-hmm. was like that that was like what people what, what, like latched onto was just like how easy yeah. it was to understand no i think it was super like you just kind of boiled it down to like very basic terms you were like all right it's a slap like this it's a, in a classroom setting like this is what's going on and then i guess people were able to like take that connection that you brought and really just apply it to like the broader context of the situation yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and yeah and there was also like a i mean that kind of same like thing applies to a lot of different concepts too like we're like mm-hmm. and basically it's like everything that i make now is like kind of in that same vein of like there's a normal guy and then there's someone who's in power who's just like screwing that guy over a lot right. and just being super like cheerful yeah. about it while he's doing like uh yeah that's basically yeah. The, the whole vibe so that's crazy so like that tiktok went like absolutely ballistic like you had celebrities like on that like sarah yeah. silverman retweeted you right or something yeah, like that. yeah 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 and then chance put you on his story like did, chance yeah. the rapper yeah th- yeah that was probably about one. that whole experience yeah. like what was that like yeah that, like this this basically started like a period of just like a lot of like I, I also had like way more time than i i don't know how i was using my time so productively but i was making like two videos a week in right. this vein and each video would get like a good amount of views on like tiktok like hundreds of thousands sometimes mm-hmm. like a million and if you watched one then you would go and see the other ones and so like each the views were feeding into each other right and they were all just sky like rocketing and like and people were like sending me screenshots like oh this person reposted you like chance yeah. reposted you i bet all your friends were like, like dude chance put you on a story like yeah that was yeah. <laughs> yeah people were like people were sending me like lots of messages they were like yeah know, like i woke up today checked the story of one of my favorite rappers in the world and i saw you there like mad respect bro like that's like, insane bro like i just want to say mad respect like, yeah, I was like someone like people i never talked to since yeah. middle school like, I was like, so because I, I mean that does look cool like, right. subjectively like it makes you feel very good about yourself yeah um but i was also like scared that like, if i didn't keep making things like this would be like for nothing like mm-hmm. i mean obviously it's for a purpose but like i'm also trying to like use these to like build a platform so i can keep doing this and people right. will keep watching it and these are like early stages where like you got to capitalize like you got to keep making stuff continue the momentum. I, I think i did a good yeah. job in those first few months of just continuing to put stuff out and not yeah. like because it is cool when someone reposts you but you can't just make that like oh i've peaked like that's it like i'm done right yeah, you like gotta, i don't want to peek at like a chance the rapper's story mention like i yeah, want to exactly. i yeah, want to build my that, own stuff right like yeah, yeah that's not going on a resume like chance the rapper like oh, look at the screenshots like, <laughs> i mean it's, it's a me. flex like it's a flex, it's a flex for sure yeah yeah, like, flex from my brother too. yeah. exactly my brother right? was in that uh, video he reposted <laughs> playing the concept of racism of all so, oh was that um, is racism a frat right yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. America was a fry. Uh, okay. I thought he reposted the qualified immunity one. No, no, no. I mean, there, there, I mean, there have been lots of reposts of that one too. Yeah. But Chance, yeah, that was the fat one. But either way, I mean, it was just like the, it's like, it's the same. Like, it's the feeling of just like you, like this is good, but you got to put your head down and keep like, exactly stuff, right. Like, um, so you just led to things. Yeah. Did you just kind of make videos like that whole summer? It was just like grinding videos out, just like yeah. Then, yeah. I was interning. Like, I was interning every day, like Monday through Friday, for two different internships, like alternate days okay um was it out in la or in jersey in jersey i was just like at home interning from my desk um but because it was virtual like when i didn't have a lot to do i could just continue writing right reading up watching videos like learning about concepts that people were Mm -hmm. requesting stuff like do a video on like voter suppression so then i like learn about yeah exact voter id laws and i was like oh that's kind of like when you get id'd at a frat and it's like another like you just kind of like um do the research and then like ideas will come to you and just yeah. I, I was just trying to like luckily there was always something else to do like uh, if i made one video like i knew what the next one was going to be for sure and, like, later on in the fall like i would get to points where I'd be like oh what is the next video and then i have to spend a few days like thinking about it right but back then there was like so much to talk about and people were like on oh, this woke va- like wave 
the woke yeah exactly yeah. right yeah like it was the, like a whole few months of just people like being sure. ready to like share anything that looked decently and like, exactly. like educational right i mean i think like obviously like i mean i think you did a really good job of just being able to educate people but like and just like break issues down but like i think yeah you you definitely are right in that you like kind of mentioned that whole idea of like the woke wave and how like a lot of creators did benefit off of that and yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, it's kind of. I don't want to be like the kind of person who's like only has to wait for that tragedy to strike before I, like, I can get views. Like, <laughs> yeah. that was happening like after the election, like because there was a lot of build up to the election. I made videos right. and that kind of stuff. And the election happened, and then I was like, I mean, there was like voter fraud claims and that whole thing. Yeah. But for like from November through like December, there wasn't so much to talk about that was like mm -hmm. polarizing. So right. I realized like I have to be able to make things that are funny regardless of how polarized yeah. people are because like, I can't be feeding off people hating each other. Like that shouldn't be the they go the like yeah. I should be making stuff just for like one group of people. It should be like yeah. stuff that everyone can relate to. So I made stuff about like the vaccine coming out and like being safe regardless of the fact that there's a vaccine. Yeah. And obviously, when the like the capital riot thing happened, I had to I made something on that. If yeah. if big things happen, like I'll feel very strongly. The stronger I feel about something, the better the video will be. I feel like. Yeah. Um. Sometimes there's not so much happening here, but then obviously there's things happening in other countries, and so like then I made something on India and like the farmer protests. And, right. Like, there's always something bad happening somewhere, yeah so yeah we could talk about the farmers protest video because i mean i think like with the farmers protest like the main thing that people were so kind of like worried about was that whole idea of like it wasn't getting talked about you know like in america like people like yeah. news outlets weren't really reporting it like everyone wasn't really talking about it i mean until like the whole like rihanna retweet came out everyone was yeah, like hello yeah. like this shit is big you know like what the yeah. fuck is going on and then like you came out with your TikTok. So like explain kind of like the the research behind that farmers protest because it's it's kind of hard like I I tried reading articles but it was like really difficult for me to understand like what was it going on. It is a very technical issue like compared to the other stuff I've done it is so technical like right. I, kind of for a while it's like I can't really boil this down into like a very simple analogy. I'm going to have to kind of just talk, like show what it is. Mhm. Mm um and maybe simplify a little bit like but yeah it was um people were requesting it like from early December. And so I put in like some research in December and it was like very technical, but I got my yeah, head around yeah. most of it. Like I watched a ton of videos, read a ton of articles, but also not all of that was like, um, a lot of that was very opinionated because it was coming out of India and like lots yeah. of the media was like on Modi side. Some of them were not mm -hmm. on Modi side. Or, um, it's kind of like if you, guys if you want, you thoughts. can like explain to the viewers like what your kind of findings were. Cause I know a lot of people like my age and I think of the pot viewers of the podcast are pretty confused as to like what the farmers protest is. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. the basic concept was that um, Modi's government passed like these three bills that are deregulating the agriculture sector in India. Because right now there are these markets where farmers can bring their crops to like these government-run markets called mandis. And this is mainly in like it's it's like a it's kind of a rural everywhere, but this is like really mostly benefiting farmers in like Punjab and Haryana. Mm -hmm. um, but it's basically these market markets where you bring your crops and you sell them through the government. Like the government sets like certain like minimum prices so you don't get screwed over. Like so, I, I, if I want to sell like my crops and someone offers me like five, five hundred rupees, but like thousand is the minimum, then right. I'm not gonna like lose money and right? get screwed over by people. Mm -hmm. And so that was good, but it didn't work everywhere because um, you know like I guess Punjab and Haryana like produced a good amount. And they were able to like it was able to work for them. And um, these new bills basically like got rid of those like middle, not got rid of them, but they offered uh, an option where now you can just sell directly to businesses. You don't have to go through these government markets. Right. And there's less regulation of like what the minimum price is, uh, which is the big thing because that means that farmers could potentially 
once people just transition fully over to just selling directly to companies, um, there's no minimum price, which means that uh, companies can offer you like very little for your crops. Hypothetically, mm-hmm. this is all like they think and they don't trust the government because the government didn't even consult them when they did this. Like they didn't talk to farmers when they did this. They just this right. is not a new law where you can just deal directly with these big conglomerates, and chances are the conglomerates are gonna probably. Um, screw over the farmers, put them in debt, and then buy up the farmers' land, and then just mm-hmm. like they're the owners of the land. Farmers have like nothing, right? And that's what the farmers' concern is, and that's what the yeah. video is basically. Okay, that's interesting because like, yeah, I mean that like definitely broke it down in a way where like I could like semi understand like understand it because like when I would read articles like they would bring out a lot of like technical terms in terms of like numbers and like I am not someone who does well with numbers. You can ask my calculus teacher. Um, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I just like wrapping your head around all those numbers is like very yeah. difficult. Sure. Yeah, even though I mean, when I just was explaining it, I realized like as I was saying, I was like, damn, this is actually sounding more complicated as I say it. And there's like <laughs> other there's bills like there's more than just that bill. There's like other things that allow like companies to hoard crops so they can like affect the prices of what in the market. And right. I mean, as some, sometimes you just gotta like read and you just gotta learn it. Like not everything can be simplified, but at least in this case, I was able to simply like took this main part. And simplified it and even mm-hmm. then you can be like people who support moldy like which there's, there's so much backlash which i didn't realize would happen but for sure all these people who like if you make anything in like talking about the farmers protest you'll get like thousands of comments like from these people who just like find things saying things against moldy and just go in the comments and just right. say like you're wrong what about this look at this look at this yeah um so as long as it's not like you're clearly like, i'm just showing what the farmers are concerned about i'm mm-hmm. not like, necessarily taking a side yeah. Or like saying that every, like I'm not like arguing for anything. I'm just showing what's happening. Like, right. I think like that. honestly, comment sections are the most toxic things in the whole entire world. Like, you just yeah. like go through it, and it's just like you like you read an article, and like the underneath, everyone's like, "No, you're wrong," and then like some people are like, "Yes, like this is exactly what we need to see," and it's just like it just shows further division. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's okay to disagree. Like, I, right. I, I'm I'm fine with that. Like, I've made videos where obviously, like, I made like an all lives matter video mm-hmm. that like people who believed in all lives matter were very upset obviously and they're like but like i think the video itself was my statement like i'm not going to keep responding to people like i've said what i want to sure. say and the, the point of the comment section i guess is to have discussions and that's good like if i just put something out nobody could say anything that would yeah. be a problem um but yeah even when people disagreed like the moldy people i was like happy that at least people were like talking about it and they had like a place to talk about it because mm-hmm. um currently like uh, people and my, my main goal wasn't even to, to like get Indian people to see because I under, right. assumed that they knew what was happening. Mm-hmm. It turns out a lot of them still were like happy to have this like resource kind of For to, sure. like, show people. Yeah, uh, but I was doing it just to show like people here what was happening because I didn't have any idea what was happening. It took me a lot of reading to get like a, some kind of grasp on it. And people here probably just knew like, oh, there's some protests happening. Like that's like the most they know. So yeah, it was mainly just for awareness. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Americans' just general understanding of foreign policy is so poor. Like, yeah. <laughs> I've just seen it from, like, years. Like, the stuff that was happening in Sudan, like, my, I think my senior year of high school, no one knew what the fuck was going on until Hassan Minaj, yeah. like, came out with this episode and started talking about it. Like, Exactly. It doesn't take yeah. so much to, like, learn, but you need somebody who you, you trust, kind of, and you need somebody, mm-hmm. like, with a platform to just say something. Like, yeah. So obviously, like, you've gained, like, a significant platform, like, throughout, like, the whole woke wave, like, you uh, were talking about. Um, what was I going to ask? Oh, yeah. Uh, so do you feel like, so are a lot of your followers tend to be, like, South Asian Americans? Or, like, do, do you have, like, a, would you say you have a diverse following base? I think it's diverse, but it is a lot of South Asian Americans for sure. Like, for I, sure. I think there's, like, a kind of just how, like, brown people watch Patriot Act. Like, 
you like to see someone who looks like you doing things that you right. like. So, I mean, there's a lot of options if, you're yeah. kind of, if you want to watch comedy on the internet. But um, I think, yeah, I, I've appealed to a lot of brown people, which is nice. That's I, cool, it would be yeah. weird if I applied, like, you know, was mainly like white people and not <laughs> I'd feel kind of bad if brown people didn't like me. So it's yeah. good. No, that's good. That like, yeah, I feel like, like you were saying, like brown people, like I think we have so like little like comedians and just like general like mainstream people in society that we kind of just like look for people that are like our skin yeah. color. It's like, oh, there's shit, not like, a lot. There's yeah. really not a lot. Yeah, I was talking to a brown like like a stand up comic here about that. Like, mm-hmm. even brown stand up comics, you think you you think there are a lot, but there really aren't. Like everybody right. kind of knows everybody who is doing it, mm-hmm. which is cool. But yeah, it's nice to see like. Yeah. I think this what I'm doing too is it's like unique in its own way. It's not like I'm the only brown guy doing it. I'm like one of the only people doing it, like in mm-hmm. this format at least. Right. And maybe more people will start doing it. Um maybe there are people who have been doing it, but yeah. Um so I don't like I don't like to pander all the time. Like I'm not trying to do things specifically like brown content, although I have done some stuff in the past about yeah. that kind of stuff. Like uh, and those things always do well, but I don't want to like be defined by that. Like I did that right. back in when I was doing stand up, it was kind of the same thing. I'd make like jokes about being brown like my beard and stuff like that um airport security that yeah thing. yeah, yeah. airports of course of course yeah. um and that can be funny but that's that's not like that shouldn't be what you depend on like i don't want right. to use that as a crutch i want to be funny like period and then yeah because i feel like I, you see a lot of tiktok creators that have like really popped off on the app and they pop off because of the fact that they kind of pigeonhole themselves into like brown content and it's like, yeah. I guess, like, I was going to ask you, like, do you feel scared of, like, pigeonholing yourself into just political content? Like, do you want to be more than just a woke king? Like, do you want to, yeah, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is, I mean, I was definitely concerned about that, especially, like, like in that period where, like, the election ended and it was, like, not so much political stuff to talk about. Mm-hmm. I was like, you now I've transitioned more into just, like, current events. And it was just, like... Also, sometimes it has, like, barely anything to do with current events. It's just, like, a comedy sketch that's right. rooted a little bit in fact. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, for a while, I was like, I, I don't want to just be doing. Like, I didn't start doing this. I started doing just comedy. I don't want to like suddenly be defined by the the one thing that did well. Right. But at the same time, you kind of have to lean into what does well before you can. Like, I was like Jeff Ross. Actually, we like he got to a Zoom call with one of my comedy classes, mm-hmm. like over like in uh, like a year ago. And he was talking about how he's like the roast master. Like, he's known for just roasting people. Yeah. Um, and. After like years of doing that, he was like, I, I want to be known for just being a comic. I don't want to be like the roast guy. Like, I want to be like the funny guy. Right. Um, but someone told him like, lean into the roast thing until you're like a big enough name and then you can do whatever you want. Like there's no, uh, there's no rules. Nobody's like telling you what to do. I could like mm-hmm. tomorrow just make a sketch that has nothing to do with politics and nobody would be upset. Like, yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it, there is a fear of pigeonholing yourself, but really, you're the only person who can pigeonhole yourself. Like, there's really, yeah. you can do whatever you want. For sure. I mean, I like I've seen your other skits when you've done like the Batman and Robin like anti-masker thing. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that. I mean, like th- I guess that's kind of what you were like referring to in terms of like it's rooted in a current event, but it's like supposed to be funny. And, yeah, like, exactly. You know, and there'll yeah. be like a message at the end if it's done well. Like at the end of the anti-masker one, it was like. He doesn't want to put his like face, his eye yeah. mask on, because and then at the end it's like, oh yeah, but I'll still put the 
COVID mask on because I'm right. an idiot. Like, right. So there's like there's that kind of message, um, but yeah. it doesn't have to be like even the vaccine. The vaccine, like, like vaccine got me, bro. Have you seen that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, like that one barely has to do with the vaccine. Like it kind of does, but it's also just like this guy who has no idea how the vaccine works. And he's like, yo, there's a vaccine. I can jump out of a car now. Like, yeah, <laughs> for sure. He just like yeah. feels invincible. I feel like a lot of people definitely feel that way. You know, they're like, I got the vaccine. Like I can do whatever I want. Yeah, exactly. You know, so sometimes yeah. it doesn't have to be rooted in like the side, like the technical aspects of something. It can just be like the feeling of like, oh, there's a vaccine. Like how do people feel now? Right. Like, pretty brave. And then just like that is the thing. So it's really, you can relate to it, but it's it's just a comedy yeah. sketch. Like. Yeah. So you started as a neuroscience major at USC, right? Yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So how did we get from neuroscience to stand-up comedy to like what you're doing now? Like, yeah. what made you ta- like make that leap and say like, fuck it, I'm going to do this? Yeah, I, it's a great, great question. I think about it a lot. I don't know why I did it, but I, I, <laughs> I, I went to a STEM high school. Like I went to the school called High Technology High School in okay. uh, Lincroft, New Jersey. It was basically like meant for, for like engineers. It was like a you go there to like learn to be good at math and science. And right. Go for the so I presume there's a lot of brown people. Um, yeah, a lot of brown people, a lot yeah. of Chinese people, uh, yeah. Asian people, and like white people is like basically it. Um, yeah. Some you know it was everybody, but. Um, that was like the culture and then i thought i was going to be like in the sciences but kind of through that school i realized how like much i also like the humanities like i thought i was going to be a scientist but then i ended up just really enjoying writing and like being funny and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. i came into college like wanting to transfer into the film school but i had to wait a year to do that so i um in the meanwhile i told my parents like you got to pick something like a science you pick a science like (laughs) And I was like, okay, psychology. And they're like, no, it's a soft science. Like, pick something else. <laughs> like, okay, soft science. So, yeah, there's soft sciences and hard sciences. Yeah. So, um, so I did the neuroscience. I did, like, biology. I did pretty well in those classes, but it wasn't really what I... I, I realized how little I wanted to do that as a career. Yeah. Even though it's very interesting stuff. Like, Were you thinking about being a doctor, like, out of college? Or, like, going into college? Like, was that a plan? or? It was definitely a plan that my parents considered for me, but it wasn't my right. plan. Uh, okay. And it's still something that my mom will bring up. She'll be like, hey, you can still go to med school if this doesn't work out. Like, law school is now the thing. Law school is like, my mom will text me like every Oh, because you're day. humanities, like, right? So yeah, it's exactly. like, oh, cards. Like, yeah, you, yeah. Yeah. And it's not a bad idea. Like, I have worked with lawyers now. Yeah. To make some of these, like, I've learned a lot about the law doing this. And hypothetically, I could write a good essay on this now, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But I'm not trying to, like, this whole thing isn't supposed to be to get into law school. Like, this is supposed to be, like, the goal you don't just like half do this and be like all right i've done enough now i can go to law school like I'm, you got to have goals to go all the way and like right it, i guess it's your parents job to be like always thinking of alternatives in case this doesn't work out mm-hmm. but that's not my job like, my job is yeah. to like keep that in mind but just kind of go for it right now yeah so, so are you at usc film right now like are you no so i ended up not getting into the film school either um <laughs> which honestly was a good thing because right now they're getting okay. screwed with COVID. like to make films right now is very hard right um, but I joined this other major, it's kind of like English combined with like media studies, it's called narrative studies, just like storytelling okay. in general. Um, so, which is fun, the thought of writing and learning yeah. how to how to screenwrite, because I want to use TikTok, this platform, to get into actual writing for right. shows and stuff, which would be the yeah. ideal career path. Okay, so like, I mean, because I was, I came into college as like a, I wanted to write for TV, like that was my plan. So yeah, like, yeah. I, I do relate to you, I was like, oh damn, he's in film school too. So, but, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, 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 no, I feel you on that. Like, just in terms of like brown parents being like, you know, like find a backup plan, like make sure you're, you're got your bases covered and then you can go do whatever you want. Yeah. 
yeah. I mean, do you like? I have like, a minor in computer science right now too. Just, uh, <laughs> interesting, but yeah. Yeah. Are your parents like? Uh, were they like really supportive? Like when the initial platform just started to spike, or like were they kind of like skeptical? Like what was the reaction from your family? Yeah, they've never been skeptical. They actually, they have been very supportive, which I very much appreciate. But mm -hmm. like I said, like they have an appreciation of comedy and like art and right. Uh, they all they've all like tried their hand at different things. Like my dad tried stand up. My mom. Right loves music they both love music but yeah they love that I, like that i'm going for it and they like love the videos usually sometimes i try to explain the video to them like before i make it <laughs> yeah. and they have no idea what i mean and then i make it and it, sometimes i'll show the video to them before i put it out and they're like i don't get it like but then i realize like their brain is not even wired for like tiktok like it took them five yeah. watches to realize that there were text boxes <laughs> like like oh is it, does that say something like i don't know like, like yeah i was like yeah these are labels like you have to read them really quickly and like you have to be your mind has to be like in that mode for and sure they're not they're used to just watching things they're not like oh, i have to read this thing really quickly it might go away any second yeah. like i have to it's that generational thing right what we were talking about yeah. earlier that whole idea of like we have such a short attention span so we can like process things really quickly but like yeah. they're very used to like long form tv and like movie content where it's like yeah. you know like they just they just watch the tv and just like see yeah exactly out over time but yeah yeah that's interesting yeah um but then I at mean, the end I, of the day yeah, yeah. No, at the end it. of the day they um they when it goes out and it does well then they're happy like then, then the results are in and they see that people are resonating with it and mm -hmm. then it makes sense to them and then they'll share it with their friends and they're very happy to see it so yeah. it can be hard to like get them to see the vision but when you make it and it does well then there's no questioning like that it did well so. for sure so yeah. like what do you think like the reaction like okay so what was like the reaction that you had when you found out because you are the first tiktok creator ever be cited by a federal judge yeah what was yeah. that like because that's that's freaking crazy like, yeah and i think that that yeah there's like i mean i don't know if that's like there's nobody who's like fact checked that for me but yeah. like I, I have not heard of another person where this happened to them okay but yeah so we'll it call feels... it proxy first like quote on yeah we'll call it proxy yeah well yeah i mean I'm, i'll gladly take the title unless yeah. someone wants to like type me for it but <laughs> yeah. um yeah it feels amazing like that's um that's like literally what the whole point of it is like it, it, it's not just yeah. it is comedy first but it's also meant to do something and it did do in this case like it helped contribute to an argument that a judge made mm -hmm. against qualified immunity and you and the more judges that make arguments like that the more you push to actually get rid of that law yeah which is like a real so, like how did they quote the you like was it like they, yeah yeah it wasn't like a direct quote it was just like he was basically talking about like he so he, he basically this judge in like mississippi who had mm -hmm. to rule on a police brutality case right and he had to rule in favor of the cop because of qualified immunity even though he didn't want to he had to because of the right. law but then he wrote this like long like explanation of his decision where he basically like, like this is what i'm doing but i'm very against it and this mm -hmm. is like, all the reasons why we need to get rid of qualified immunity um and he, then he talked about how there's public support for this and he's like from like from government to the to TikTok, people are talking about how we need to get rid of this. And then he right. like footnoted, like he linked my video. And so that's kind of cool. Yeah, he, yeah. Like, he was like getting tagged like legally, I guess. Yeah. So, so like, how did you uh, like find out about that? Because I know it's like a legal document. It's not necessarily like, oh, it's all over socials or anything. Yeah, that that document was all over Twitter, kind of, but not being talked about in the TikTok. It was just being talked about by like people who had a knowledge of the law. Okay. And then one person was like, as a side note, like Carmen, it might be the first tiktoker cited by a federal judge and he like tagged me and then right. he like uh did a screenshot of like where it was in the document i was just looking at it like what the hell like i was so <laughs> yeah and, but it was great so that then that's just like that can be in the resume now like that's yeah. like a you know and like congress people to... too right they've like retweeted you and yeah stuff like yeah that. okay
Yeah, uh, Ayanna Presley was okay. a, a congresswoman who retweeted. Um, yeah, I I don't even I'm not even like I'm new to I'm new to Twitter. Like I don't even use Twitter. Like I yeah. use it only to put my videos up and I just leave it. Like I don't tweet <laughs> my videos there. Yeah. And so like I'll just come on and just see that people have like reposted things and it's just like a great surprise. That is kind of cool. Yeah, it's like opening up the box and it's like whoa. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. yeah um so like this is like i'm gonna kind of transition here but like do you ever worry that like comedy can like rub people the wrong way and have you ever had like conservatives really come at you and like your dms being like what the hell is wrong with you like blah 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 yeah honestly that that really only happened with the um, the farmers video because mm-hmm. people in india are just like like when someone disagrees with you i feel like in america it's just like a given like you disagree it's okay it's your right to disagree right. you can be angry in the comments but nobody's ever like attacked me in the dms like they just say things and then people will argue with them and then i don't really have to say much because mm-hmm. hopefully my video has addressed whatever they have they're saying like if it's a good video it will have already said like addressed the thing for sure um, but with the farmer's video it was like another level because i guess in india like if you disagree that's not like necessarily a right like to disagree like mm-hmm. um there's comedians getting arrested right now for not even saying things against the government but things that they might potentially say about the government like there's this guy um i think his last name is like faruki or something but he, he's like um i might i might be completely wrong with that but he um he got arrested because he's like a muslim comic and he got arrested because he made one joke in the past about like indian like hindu gods and then he was getting on stage and some like one guy part of like modi's government um or his like his party just arrested they got him arrested for like a joke that he might have made like he's saying like i heard him rehearsing backstage he was gonna say something bad about modi and like you can put he like i was put in jail for like 30 days and he still has like a trial coming up that's crazy so like disagreeing is like if you disagree people think you shouldn't be allowed to disagree and then those people will come into your dms and like just try to like just let you have it yeah that's insane like i've never really thought about it like that in terms of just like like in different countries having different standards for like agreement and disagreement with people um yeah yeah yeah, that's that's super crazy never really thought i mean like i guess like i see it kind of like with like the indians that i like interact with here especially like the parents like they're very staunch in their opinions a lot of them and like you know they tend to just be like like you know it's either my way or the highway type of vibe um so i was gonna also ask you like just in terms of like obviously comedy and cancel culture is so like connected to one another so uh i I made a video kind of like earlier uh in in terms of like how fast do you think you could get canceled how fast do you think you could get canceled just curious yeah how fast could i do it (laughs) i don't know i mean you'd have to like i don't think i've done anything that's like that wrong where you would have something on me but right uh, i think anybody you could you, I mean, first of all, you could, there could be an allegation for anything. And yeah. Whether or not it's true, that could lead to, like, less people watching your things. And, 100%. Uh, I mean, you would really hope that that doesn't happen to someone who did nothing. So if it does happen, you want to be able to believe the people who, like, allege that kind of stuff. But uh, it could happen, like, immediately. If there were that kind of allegation, it could end, like, right there. So Yeah. I yeah. I mean, really up to, yeah. I was thinking about it more so from, like, a perspective of, like, how many texts like do my friends have that they could just post an image of and i just get completely screwed oh, yeah. over for some shit i that said when sense, i was 16. The, yeah. like <laughs> there might be some there might be some few images out there yeah um, for sure some uh, yeah. yeah it could but, happen yeah i mean whatever well i mean we'll think about it when it comes to it you know what i'm saying yeah exactly like, you'll yeah. know when it's when it's happening you'll know 
Well, no, uh, your Twitter mentions good. will blow up. Like, yeah, yeah, of course. And but, honestly, uh, good any publicity is good publicity. So I'm yeah, for it. There you go. Man, they're trying to cancel Eminem now. Did you hear about this? <laughs> no, I feel like they've always been trying to cancel Eminem. Yeah. Um, maybe it'll, they'll do it this time. Well, the movement apparently has like really picked up. Uh, and oh, like okay, okay. Gen Z kids are like, he talks about abuse and domestic violence in his lyrics, and it's a bad influence on children. I'm like, well, I'm doing it since... just talking about like his experiences. Like, I yeah, know, I mean, I don't okay. know. Yeah, yeah, people yeah, are just... just says he says screwed up stuff, but like he's like playing like a character of someone. Slim Shady, right? That's yeah. yeah I mean, that's like so the whole can, point yeah. of that. Exactly. But you can find fault with any of that, I guess. If yeah, people people don't think you should be able to say things and they get angry. But yeah, I mean, it's uh, that whole idea of like political correctness, right? Yeah. And I think that goes with comedy as well because I think comics do toe the line sometimes of like what's politically correct and like what's not. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're kind of the only people doing that in a way. Like, there's musicians who are doing that too, but comics are like the people who are literally testing the waters all yeah. the time of like what can be talked about and what cannot be talked about. Mm-hmm. Like, what is too painful to talk about. And really, anything should be allowed like to be talked about. Have you ever it's felt the, like when you're on stage or like when you're making a video, like, ooh, that might be a little far? Like, I'm not going to say that or like pull back a little bit? Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes yeah. there'll be jokes where. Um, it's not worth it. Like you can do it and you can stand by the joke, but right. it's just not worth it. Like you gotta okay. make kind of your own judgment and call. Like I would rather just have a video appeal to more people. Sometimes it's even like, do I want to curse in this video? Like I'll bleep it out, but like mm-hmm. it'll reach more people if I just don't, like if I just make it like a clean video. And in the same way, it's like, it'll reach more people if I don't like make an enemy out of certain groups just for the sake of joke. Right. And, and I can say I was joking, but it's yeah. just it, it's not the, that's the purpose of the video like to like sometimes it's the purpose is to roast but not like mm-hmm. as long as you're punting up and not down you know yeah so have you ever like just kind of like uh like give me an example of like one of those if you can like you can cleanify it up a little bit but like <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Hmm. I'm trying to think what was the video like there's like videos about like frat like frat culture and stuff like mm-hmm. where if you look at like actual frat culture, like there's a lot of uh, problems. Like there's a lot sure. of like you know like, like the sexual assault and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. And um, how like I mean people go to these parties and be like um, just obsessed with like the ratio of like guys to girls and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. um, so uh, there have been a few jokes about like that kind of like like an offhanded joke about just like frats in general. Right. That because that is the setting. Um, but then I realized, like, realized, like, that's not what I'm talking about right now. The point is to talk about, like, government practices in this setting. For sure. So I'm just going to leave that alone. There's also, like, people probably in college who don't, like, are in frats or are good people and don't want to be, like, labeled as, like, just because frats have problems that these people don't want to be, like, right. ostracized for that. Yeah. Um, and, like, not all frats are necessarily bad, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not, like, a lot of frats are, like, professional frats. Exactly. Like, this exactly. side or the yeah. other. So it's, like, I feel like categorizing isn't necessarily the way to go. But like yeah. when you moved to LA, for, sorry to transition really awkwardly. But when you when you moved to LA for like school, like in terms of like the scene, like I don't know if you like really got like tried anything in New York or if you've tried anything now in New York or New Jersey. Like what is what are like kind of the differences between the stand up scene like in LA or like the comedy scene in LA versus like the East Coast? Yeah, I've never done stand up in New York. I've only done it in LA. But from what I've like learned from other people. LA is like, and this is a problem that I have in LA, is like it's very, uh, everything's spread out in LA. So you can't really mm-hmm. hit like multiple mics in a night unless you're like, you have a car and you can just go and they're all close right. together. In New York, everything is just right there. Like all the mics will be in like the same few blocks. 
if you like arrange it correctly. And so you could potentially hit like five to six mics in one night and just really hone a joke that way. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to like wait till the next day to go out to a new mic and work on the same joke. You can just right. get immediate feedback, take notes, go to the next place, get immediate feedback, take notes. And so you can get your jokes very strong, much quicker, I feel like in New York. Uh, but in yeah. LA, I guess um, there's more open space. I guess there's more potential for outdoor shows now, which is also very important because you can't do a lot of indoor stuff. Yeah. Um, and there's just more chill people I feel like out here. Like, yeah. But I, I, I'm used to both environments, so I kind of don't mind. For lot, sure. But I, yeah. Yeah, I feel like in terms of like LA, it's very, um, it's more like Hollywoody. So like, if you're into kind of like writing for TV, like you were saying, or like you know wanting to do writing or something like more creative stuff and more avenues, like you're able to have avenues to like go down and yeah. people to talk to in those departments. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, have you like gotten like so like obviously you've like switched your major kind of to more like this narrative studies stuff like that like are you interning at kind of more nar- like english stuff or like what what's yeah what you i haven't done too many internships yeah um but like places i've been at so far have been more focused towards yeah like uh production and making content for different companies nice i've done some like writing jobs for like different web series and stuff like that so that's been nice okay and like yeah development for tv and film is like yeah so like right now what i know i don't want to give too much away in terms of like what you're working on but like can you tell people like what what are some projects that you're working on like what what are you doing right yeah, now yeah yeah i've submitted to a few like shows like to be a writer um for like talk shows but until that happens you don't know i mean there's only people submit but there's a sketch i'm working on right now with comedy central that could or could not get through depending on if they approve the script okay but that is the biggest thing that, that is has the potential to happen yeah yeah for sure um so like you're just kind of really trying to focus on like tv and like that writing space and that type of stuff yeah yeah yeah. okay interesting so like where do you see like the end goal going like what where do you like what do you want to be like eventually in the future like what's what's the what's the dream yeah i would love to like either like run my own show or like like have a show that i created that like becomes an actual show or Mm -hmm. be on snl snl is a very right um, like a dream that a lot of people have but yeah those are the two big ones yeah and where can the people find you man like if if we were to find you yeah at the Karan Menon uh anywhere like literally any platform TikTok YouTube Twitter Instagram um I don't know if there's other ones but I'm there and uh yeah you can you can uh I mean TikTok is where you can find like all the 60 second videos some of them there's longer versions on the Instagram uh but you can just look my name up I am no longer the uh second you know I'm no longer below the other Karan Menon if you google my name (laughs) I'm number one and that's, okay. and that's how you know I've made it. So, so I guess I guess the documentary has been complete. I think you got to do an yeah. update. I think you really we are, do. Yeah, we've been thinking about it. Like, there have been times where I was planning on doing it right before COVID hit. Yeah. And now there's just this whole COVID thing to talk about, too. So it's all going to yeah. get in there. Documentary so is, like, is the other Karin Menon, like, did, I heard he also goes to USC. That was in the documentary. He does, yeah. After the video came out, he got into <laughs> USC and he chose USC. Oh, and man. he lived in the same area of campus that I did. And we saw each other multiple times. That's crazy. Yeah, I think I, your guys' lives are just intertwined for life. Yeah, we're just like, destined to, I think we'll die together. I yeah. don't really know what's happening. Yeah, that's crazy, man. And why TikTok? That was the last question I had. Yeah, it, just for the, the attention span aspect of it. Like, that's where everybody is, first of all. That's like, you're, you're going to reach the most people there. It's short. People have short attention spans. You're trying to reach young people. And, um, yeah, there's... um. I was gonna say something else. Why TikTok? 
Yeah, I mean, that's basically it. That's like the, uh, yeah, just the length of it. And, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, the app. The app itself, just like, you don't have to do any marketing on TikTok. The app shows your video to people. Right. So it just kind of like caters to that algorithm, right? And, like, the yeah, specific, exactly. It's yeah. like made for people who want to go viral, basically. So yeah. That's the place to be. Yeah. That's interesting. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on. If you guys like this episode, uh, go ahead and hit the like button on YouTube. Go ahead and smash the subscribe button. We're trying to grow this family. I know we have 31 subscribers, one above my guy, Steph Curry. Um, (laughs) But, you know, let's grow it. Let's get to 100. We'll see. Uh, Twitter, follow me at EssentialQU1 and Instagram, The Essential Question Podcast uh, for more updates on episodes and information. Uh, Karin, again, thank you so much, man, for uh, giving thank me you. some time out of your day. I know you're a busy man. Uh, yeah. I'll let you get back to uh, to writing, hopefully. So uh, let's yes, see. Thank you so much. Yeah, man, and good luck. And uh, I hope to, hopefully we can get you back on again sometime. Yeah, that'd be great. All right, man, take care. All right. What's up everyone thank you guys so much for watching this episode of the podcast really hope you guys enjoyed the conversation with Karin as much as i did i know i learned a lot about the political comedy space and the really a tremendous amount of effort and research that it takes to produce the skits that he does in such a fashion that he does uh it was also really cool to hear firsthand what it was like uh at the start of his career uh and all the big things that he has coming up it's going to be really exciting to see where Karin goes so feel free to go check out the links that i have of his down below his youtube channel his tiktok his twitter his instagram and feel free to go follow him before he goes mainstream because kids go in places um, if you guys like this episode and you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and hit the sm- hit smash, smash, I said that, smash the like button and subscribe button. Make sure that we are uh, on the positive trajectory uh, with this podcast. We go to the moon like GameStop did. Uh, the subscribers have been growing like crazy. So uh, go ahead and make sure that you're notified that this video is happening. Uh, Also, go follow me on Spotify or whatever podcast sites you're listening to me on if you guys do do that. Uh, Hopefully, you guys give me a good review as well if you're on Apple Podcasts because that would be much appreciated. Grows the community, makes me seem more credible than I actually am. Good stuff. Uh, Anyway, um, go ahead also and follow me on the socials if you haven't already as well. Um, At Essential Question Podcast on Instagram, EssentialQU1 on Twitter. you will also, you'll get all my beautiful social media promotions as well as amazing picture dumps. I did a photo dump the other day uh, for the Throwback Thursday. You know how to do it for the gram. And also like little forms of content, which I find awesome. I'll go ahead and retweet, you know, put on my story, whatever. So go ahead and do that because I feel like I'm a relatively interesting person. And uh, I think I'd be a good follow. Uh, but anyway, that's that. Uh, I hope you guys really liked this episode. Uh, if you guys like more of these like comedian TikTok type episodes, definitely feel free to let me know in the comments down below. Karin was a pleasure to have on, so I'd like to thank Karin again for coming on the podcast. Uh, but yeah, till next week, big things are in the works as they always are. So keep staying tuned, keep liking the videos, keep subscribing, uh, and keep getting your friends to listen, family, whatever, dogs. Uh, Anybody is appreciated. So thank you guys so much again for giving me some of your time and listening to this, listening to this episode. Uh, peace and have a good one.